Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. You know, I said in the first service what an encouragement this is because when I first started coming, they just had a couple of hundred people and to see how God has blessed the ministry, they've grown their facilities, that Dwayne and Jeannie are still married and that their kids are all serving the Lord. That is a great, great testimony. And I tell you what, it's, it's just an honor to be associated with them and that they've been consistent You know, anybody can be a flash in the pan for a brief period of time, but consistency uh, counts for a lot. And so this has been a real encouragement to me. So praise God. Uh, Dwayne encouraged people in the first service to stay over for the second service. And uh, so did anybody do that? A few of you did. Let me just real quickly say that I was in Genesis chapter one in the first service. And basically what I was saying was that God anticipated every need that Adam and Eve would ever have. And instead of them saying, God, I'm hungry, and then he had to create food for them. No, he knew that they would need food, and he already created it. Instead of them saying, I need to breathe, and he had to create air. No, he anticipated that. And not only the original creation, but everything. Nobody has ever created anything. We look at our communication. We look at the steel that we have, the buildings, skyscrapers. We look at all of these things, a cell phone, and we think, look what man has created. Man has never created anything. All we've done is discover what God already created. And God anticipated that there would be billions of people on this planet. And he created everything that it would take for billions of people to be able to be sustained and to prosper. That's the reason that I'm not in agreement with the people who believe that the earth is fragile and that we're going to destroy it somehow or another. God anticipated everything and he told us how this earth is going to be destroyed and it's not going to be through us doing it. He's going to destroy it and create a new heavens and a new earth. So anyway, everything that man has ever done was just discovering what God had already planned and he created all of these laws that makes everything work. It's the same thing in the new creation. When you got born again, God gave you everything that it'll ever take for you to prosper. You've already been healed, 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes, you were healed. You're already blessed with all spiritual blessings, Ephesians 1, 3. God has already supplied everything. And so the Christian life isn't getting God to do something. It's discovering what you have and learning how to release it. So that is a summary of what I was saying in the first service. I want to turn back over to Genesis chapter one and share something with you that this is just a new way of expressing something that the Lord has shown me a long time ago, but it's a new way of expressing it and it really ministers to me. I believe it'll help you. But here in Genesis chapter one, God spoke everything into existence. You know, there's actually four different words that were translated create in Genesis chapter one and chapter two. One of them Barah means to create from nothing. And that's not used very often. It's used in the first verse of Genesis chapter one where God created from nothing 
everything in the universe. And then the rest of the words are he took and formed things from that were already made. And then when he took the woman out of man over in Genesis chapter two, there's a different word wherein it says he made a woman and that word means to build. And again, it's talking about building from something that already exists. So, you know, in a way, when you look at a woman and say, boy, she's really built, that is a godly thing to say, amen. <laughs> but God created out of nothing the universe and the earth, but then everything else here, he just took what was in the ground and formed it into something. Let me give you some examples of this. Genesis chapter one. And it says um, in verse, let's go down to verse um, nine. It says, and God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters called he seas, and God saw that it was good. And look at this in verse 11. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth. Look at that in verse 11. Let the earth bring forth. In verse 12, and the earth brought forth. And if you go down to verse 20, it says, And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature uh, that hath life and fowl that may fly above in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great wells, and then he blessed them. In verse 24, And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. So the point I'm bringing out is that God created the earth out of nothing. But then in the ground, he said, let the earth bring forth grass and trees and cattle. And he created our body out of that. So here's a statement that I want you to think about. And then I'm going to go to the New Testament and show you the application of this to us. But everything that is above ground today was at one time in the ground. Everything. Your body, my body, our bodies were formed out of the ground. If you're wearing clothes that have, you know, cotton in it or something like that, that grew out of the ground. If you're building buildings with steel, did you know steel was in the ground and they have mined it and they've learned how to melt those rocks and to create and temper it and do things uh, everything, the wood that's in these pews uh, grew out of the ground. Everything that was above, that is above ground now was at one time in the ground. And some people think, well, what difference does it make? It's huge. I'm going to show you this. But God put everything in the ground that we would ever need and then he just brought it out by speaking and said, let the earth bring forth. And it came out of the ground. You know, I had a guy one time describe me as he was introducing me and he said, you are as plain as dirt. And he didn't mean that as a compliment. But you know, now that I understand this, that's really a great compliment. <laughs> dirt is amazing. Did you know that elephants were in 
the dirt. Horses were in the dirt, dogs, everything. He said, let the earth bring forth and the earth, animals came out of the dirt. Everything that it takes for life is in dirt. That's amazing. Somebody says, well, who cares? Let me show you. Turn over to Mark chapter four and let me make an application of this that if you can receive this, this will really, really, really help you. Mark chapter four is where he's teaching by a number of parables. And in Mark chapter four, in verse 26, it says, and he said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. Boy, this is one of the parables that the Lord has used in my life and I mean a miraculous way. And I've got a whole series of teaching on this and so I'm skipping over a lot of things, but this is so powerful about he didn't even know how it works. Did you know none of us understand how a seed works? People will say, oh yeah, I understand. You plant it and give it time and you water it and stuff and it works. Well, you can use it, but you don't understand it. Did you know you could take the cumulative resources of the world. You could take all the brain power of the entire world and they might create something that looks like a seed. It might have the same color as a seed. It could have the same weight and maybe the same minerals in it. But you take a man-made seed and put it in the ground and it'll never germinate. We don't understand exactly everything about a seed. We can imitate it. We can use it but we don't understand it. This says he doesn't know how. You don't have to understand everything. All you have to do is just learn how it works and work it. And it's the same thing in the kingdom of God. This is not really teaching you how to be a farmer. This is just using something natural that we can relate to to illustrate how the kingdom of God works. So in the same way that a man just casts seed into the ground and he sleeps and rises night and day, that implies time. This is one reason things don't work for people is because they, they come and they pray and they expect God to just perform something instantly and they don't give it time. It takes time for a seed to work. It takes time for the seed of God's word to work in your life. So there's lessons that we can learn. So he sleeps and rises night and day and it just springs and grows up. He knows not how. And in verse 28, this is what I was wanting to focus on. It says, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. Man, this is awesome. It says the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. If you go up to verse 14, the seed is the word of God. Mark 4, 14 is talking about the seed being the word of God and the ground is your heart. And here is something else that I've just really begun to understand lately but did you know a seed doesn't actually uh, produce a tree? Like if you plant an acorn, there isn't a tree inside that acorn. I've heard people before take a apple seed and hold it up and say, anybody can count the number of apples. I mean, the number of seeds in an apple, but nobody can count the number of uh, apples in a seed. And I understand the point that they're making is that there's potential in that little tiny seed. And when it's planted, it can grow and produce a tree and all of this. But according to the word of God, Genesis chapter one and right here, it says the earth brings forth fruit of herself. Not the seed. The seed 
is a catalyst that activates the ground. The ground is what brings forth fruit. And in this parable, the seed is the word of God. The ground is your heart. And see, this goes along with what I was teaching in the first session is that when you get born again in this new creation, God has anticipated everything that you will ever need in your life. And it's all in your born again spirit. You already have the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It says in 1 Corinthians 2, 16, you have the mind of Christ. That's not talking about up here in your little peanut sized brain, but here in your born again spirit, I keep pointing to my belly because the Bible says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the spirit. So the spirit's here in your belly. Some of you look like you got more of the spirit than others. <laughs> so it's not up here in my brain that I have the mind of Christ, but in my spirit, I have the mind of Christ. I already have it. And somebody said, well, I don't believe I have it. That's because you're just going by what you can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel. But God's word reveals to you who you are in the spirit. You can't contact your spirit through just your five senses. You have to do it through faith. And this is a spiritual mirror that we hold up and it gives us uh, it tells us what we're like in the spirit. So in your spirit, in your heart, this ground, everything you will ever need is already there, but it has to have a seed to activate the ground. Some of you are looking at me with that stare. <laughs> like what difference does this make? It's huge because in ground, is everything that God created, every animal that God ever created came out of the ground. He didn't, he didn't, you know, we use this phrase and we'll say that with his hands, he scooped down and he made these things. And you can use that for the purpose of making an analogy. But technically speaking, when God created dirt, everything that we will ever need, all of the steel, all of the gold that it takes, silver to make things work, uh, lithium for batteries, everything that's in your phone, everything that it takes to build a, a building, everything that the human race needs was in the dirt. He created dirt miraculous. And there's something in dirt. When you plant something in dirt, it just automatically starts trying to make whatever's there come to pass. You could put a fence post in the ground and did you know it'll start eating and decaying that fence post? You put a seed in the ground, that seed activates the dirt. And it's the dirt. It says the earth brings forth fruit of herself. And notice the gender. It says of herself. Dirt is feminine. Seed is masculine. And over in First um, Peter chapter 1, verse 23, it says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, by the word of God that lives and abides forever. Did you know the word for seed there in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 is the Greek word spora, where we get the term spores from. That's how a flower pollinates is by spores. And spora is a derivative of the word sperma, where we get the word sperm from. I'm not going to take time this morning to explain all of this to everybody, but hopefully you've been taught this before. 
that the way you have children is a sperm has to be planted and then the womb of the woman brings forth a child. But it's, it's useless without a sperm. You could pray. You could have people lay hands on you until they rub all the hair off your head and you are not going to get pregnant unless you have a seed planted. You don't get pregnant by standing next to somebody who's pregnant. You don't get pregnant by drinking the water after somebody else. Again, hopefully you understand these things. But you have to have a seed planted. And did you know it's the same thing in the spiritual realm? Your dirt, your spirit, your born again spirit is miraculous. It's got the resurrection power of Christ in it. Man, I could just spend days, weeks amplifying this, but would to God that you could just embrace this and understand that your spirit, when you get born again, you have the exact same spirit in you that was in Christ Jesus. It is the spirit of Christ. Romans chapter eight, verse nine says, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If you don't have the spirit of Christ in you, you aren't born again. If you are born again, you do have the spirit of Christ in you. And it's got everything in it that Jesus had. It's got the mind of Christ, the same power that raised him from the dead, all of the gifts of the spirit. Everything that's true of Jesus is true of you in your spirit. But just like dirt has everything in it that the human race will ever need, it's got to have a seed to activate that dirt. God created the heavens and the earth and then he spoke and said, let the earth bring forth. That was a seed. God spoke with his word. His word activated the dirt and elephants and giraffes and dogs and cats came out of the ground because it was all in there. It just needed a seed to make it work. Did you know your born again spirit has everything in it that it needs for you to prosper, but it needs the seed, the incorruptible seed of God's word. And just as a woman becomes pregnant, when the seed is sown, you become pregnant with the word of God and you give birth to a miracle. Most Christians don't have this concept. Most Christians just believe that I've got a need and God, if you love me, well then do something. And they're just waiting on God to just miraculously do it. And you know, because God loves us, if the only way to receive from God is through taking the seed of God's word, sowing it in your born again heart, and that activates and brings out the life that's in you. If that was the only way to receive from God, what would happen to a person that just gets born again today and yet has cancer and they've only got a week to live and uh, they hadn't got time to grow and mature and bring forth healing through this process. They just died. And so because of that, God gave certain gifts to the church, people that have miraculous healing gifts, uh, the gift of faith and things like this. And you can get healed through another person's faith and gift that's on them. And God does that because he loves us and we're all in different stages and he's, he just wants to help us. But that was never intended to substitute for you taking the word of God and planting it in your heart and having a child by normal birth, giving birth to your miracle. 
Most Christians don't understand this concept, so they just spend their whole life following somebody around and coming to some service and hoping that I can get it through them. And again, God does do things like that. We are going to have a healing service tonight where we will be praying for people and you can get healed off of my faith and off of the faith of the people that are praying and off of gifts. And God loves you, but that was never intended to be the normal way. That's like giving a surrogate birth. You go and let somebody else bear the child and then you adopt it or something like that. God made each one of us that we can have children. And in the spiritual realm, you can give birth to a miracle because everything that it takes for whatever miracle you need is already in your spirit, but it has to have the word of God to activate it. And did you know that this phrase in Mark chapter four, verse 28, where it says the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. Did you know of herself? It is the Greek word automatos. And it's a word we get automatic or automatically from. It's automatic. It's automatic. You take the word of God and if it ever gets past just your understanding and if it gets down into your heart, like I was meeting with one of our Bible college students here in Grand Rapids in between the services and one of them said that when I came to school, I just expected to get intellectual knowledge of the word, but she said, it's heart knowledge. It's changed my heart. And the word isn't written to your head. It's written to your heart. And if you can open up and if the word ever enters into your heart, it's just automatic. It just starts bringing forth fruit. And again, notice it takes time. It says he slept and rose night and day. It takes time for this. And most people, they just want to come to church, have somebody wave their hand over you so you can go back to being carnal and watching as the stomach turns on television and not seeking God and get your miracle without any effort. It takes time for you to, to receive it this way. But, but you know what? Most people want the birth of their miracle, but they don't want the conception. Personally, I like the conception a lot better than the birth part. <laughs> Amen. It's great. Amen. And you, when you get the word of God coming alive on the inside of you, it's just a matter of time until your heart is made to just take a seed and bring life to it. And it'll not only work with the word of God, it'll work with anything. Anything that you set your heart upon, anything that you open up your heart to, it could be lust, it could be hatred, it could be envy, it could be whatever. But if it gets down on a heart level, your heart just starts bringing life out of that. Whatever enters into your heart is a catalyst that will make the supernatural uh, power that God has placed on the inside of you just start working to bring that thing to pass. If you plant an acorn, it'll produce a um, uh, oak tree. You plant corn, it'll produce a corn stalk. You plant weeds, it'll produce weeds. But all of that is already in the ground. And likewise, in your born again heart is everything that it takes for you to be healed and prosperous and joyful and anything that you need. Galatians 5.22 says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. All of those things are already in there. And somebody might say, well, boy, I don't see it. That's because you've been sowing different seeds, but it's in there. And when you take God's word and sow God's word, it brings forth fruit of herself. 
and it will produce this. And notice it says it's first a blade, then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. That shows you that there is growth in this. I also talked to one of our students during the break and they were saying that they were still struggling with some thoughts that they had before they really got turned around to the Lord. And, and yet you could tell that they loved the Lord. They were excited about the Lord. And I said, look, there's a growth process. It doesn't just happen automatically. It, there's a growth. First the blade, then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. And if you don't understand this, you'll just have somebody wave their hand over you and pray for you. And if you don't see instantaneous results, people get discouraged and quit. That's like a person that plants a seed and then go digs it up the next day to see, is it working? If you do that, it'll kill the seed. You have to have some faith. You have to put it in the ground and just leave it there and sleep and rise night and day and it just produces, but it'll, it'll come in steps and in stages. I personally believe that that verse where it says it's first the blade, then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear, I believe this goes along perfectly with Romans chapter 12, verse two, where it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I believe that there are steps and stages. You know, if Dwayne and Jeannie, if they had known what God was eventually going to do, building this facility and all of the things that you had, and if they had started this, what, 38 years ago? If they had just tried to do this 38 years ago, it wouldn't have happened. It would have overwhelmed them. They couldn't handle it. They grew into this. And yet there's a lot of people that, you know, when it comes to healing, they just think, well, this person was totally healed. I was talking to a person during the break that was uh, in a wheelchair, in and out of a wheelchair for 15 years, but got hold of the word and now they're totally healed and, and walking. And people hear a testimony like that and they say, that's what I want. But if you were to talk to that woman, she told me her name's Melissa. I guess she's here someplace. But uh, she told me that she got hold of the truth that she was already healed and she started believing and it took a period of time, but she saw a total manifestation and now she's completely healed, no traces of it. And see, some people just see the end result and so they want something right away, but they aren't willing to let the word grow on the inside of them. There are some people that just receive instantaneously from God. Most of the time, that's because of a supernatural gift. Miracles are the gifts of healings. But the, the thing that will work for every person in here is when you just take the word of God as a seed, you plant it in your heart and this miraculous life-giving power that was placed in you at salvation just immediately of herself automatically starts bringing forth fruit. First a blade, then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. But did you know in the same way that a woman can't get pregnant by just praying for it, she's got to have the seed planted. And in the same way that you can't just have a tree grow by praying over the dirt, you got to plant a seed. The, most Christians aren't seeing the manifestation of what they know that God can do. And you may receive testimonies and hear other people talk about how God did something. And you, you agree and you want it and you pray for it but you don't see it in your life and you just can't understand why. It's because you haven't planted the seed. Or if you planted the seed, you didn't let it stay there. The, the uh, parable right in front of this one 
in Mark chapter four is about the seed was sown, but there was four different types of hearts and only one out of the four actually allowed seed to come forth because there was hardness, a hard heart that kept the seed from working. And then there was fowls of the air and there was cares of this life and deceitfulness of riches and other things that choked the word. So you either, if you aren't seeing the results that you know God wants you to have, it's because you haven't planted the seed or it takes time. And during that period of time, when the seed is growing, you've got your mind off of the Lord. You've got into unbelief, fear. You've let other things stop it. But this process is just as simple as having a child. You plant the seed, you give it time, and man, a birth comes. And you would literally have to have an abortion to stop it from coming to pass. It's the same thing. If you took the word of God and if you meditate in it day and night, this is what it says in Joshua chapter one, verse eight. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, when you've meditated in it day and night, then you shall have good success and it, and it will work for you. I misquoted that. Did they put that up there? For then thou shalt make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. It'll, it's a guarantee. If you take the word and meditate in it day and night, that seed is supernatural and it will make the power that God placed on the inside of you just automatically of herself bring forth fruit. First the blade, then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. And you know what? The building that you're sitting in, all of the believers that are assembled here are Dwayne and Jeannie taking the word of God and a call that was on their life and they meditated in it. And this is just a natural growth. It's, it's natural. And people come and look at this and think, well, if God did this for Dwayne Vanderklok, he'll do it for me. It's absolutely true. If you want to wait 38 years and let it grow and you want to keep staying. There's things that you have to do along the way. When you plant a seed, you got to weed that thing and keep those weeds from sapping the nourishment, nourishment that goes towards that seed. There's things that you have to do, but it is God that gives the increase. And I'll tell you, this is where most Christians are missing it. They think that God is out there, that his power, God can do anything, but he has done nothing. And what we've got to do is just pray and ask and beg God to pour out his spirit. The truth is when you got born again, he gave you everything that it takes for any problem you'll ever have. If arthritis comes, if cancer comes, if anything, you name it, everything that it takes to overcome that is already in your spirit, but it has to have the word of God to activate it. The word of God is a sperm. It's a catalyst that activates the power that's in the earth, that's in your born again spirit. And the problem is that most of us aren't taking the word of God and meditating in it, or we're allowing Satan to short circuit the process because we get impatient and we didn't allow time for the blade, the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. You know, I've got a Bible college and our very first year that we had the Bible college, we had a guy that came and he was on some kind of a government program that paid him to come to the Bible school. But he had grown up in a mental institution. He was 45 years old and he had never been out in the public. He had been in a mental institution and he had this special program to come. And he was a nice guy. I really liked this guy. He was just, 
he was naive. He didn't have any social skills. He didn't know how to get along with people, but his heart was good. And so when he came to school, I just took him under my wing and I said, I'm going to teach this guy how to prosper. And we took the book of Proverbs chapter one says that these things are written so that you can give wisdom to the, to the simple. And this guy was just really simple. And so that's what I started doing. And I started going through and teaching him the Proverbs. After school, I would just start trying to disciple him. And anyway, a short period of time, he came to me and he had made this prospectus where there was a building in Manitou Springs close to where we lived that was built in the 1800s. It was a stone building, but of course it had uh, inside with sheetrock and wood and things like this, and it had burnt. And so it had been just sitting there vacant, derelict for, I don't know, 10 years or something. The roof was caved in. He, figured, he found out how much it cost to build, buy that building, how much the repairs would be on that building. And then it was like 100 rooms in this uh, building and he figured out if he turned it into student housing, how much he could charge and how much it would take to make the payments on that building and do all of this stuff. So anyway, it was a great deal and he came to it and presented it to me and he says, I believe God told me to do this. What do you think? And I complimented him. I said, Jerry, it's great that you're dreaming, but I can guarantee you this is not God's will for you. And when I said that, it's just like I popped his bubble. Man, he just lost all of his enthusiasm. And he was saying, why would you say that? I've worked so hard on this. And I said, Jerry, you have never worked a job in your life. You have never made a nickel in your 45 years. You have lived off of your parents and then lived off of the government. You've never done a job. You've never believed God for anything. And, you're, and it was a total of $5 million he needed to make this project work. And I said, you're gonna go from zero to $5 million instantly? That's like going from zero to 1,000 miles an hour. You know what? That's not acceleration. That's a wreck. That'll kill you. If you go from zero to a thousand miles an hour all at once, you're dead. You have to accelerate. You have to have first a blade, then the ear, and then the full corn. I said, you go get a job and you start paying your own housing. You go get a car and you start paying for that car and buying your own gas and you start seeing some things happen and then come to me and tell me that you're believing for this and I'll agree with you, but I can just guarantee you, you don't ever go from having never believe God for anything into this great deal all at once. It's an irrevocable uh, law of God that you don't plant a seed and the next day have a full grown oak tree. It takes time for it to germinate. And it's the same thing in the kingdom of God. And yet people don't understand this. And so they'll come and they'll pray. And if they don't see instantaneous results like that, well, that didn't work. It, it works just as absolute sure as planting a seed or planting a sperm. It all works, but it takes time. First a blade, then the ear, and then the full corn. The good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, God has given us everything, everything, everything. And in the Greek, that means everything that it takes for us to prosper everything. There is no need that you have that Jesus isn't the solution for it, but it's not out there. It's inside of you. And it has to have a seed sown, the incorruptible seed 
of God's word. And when that word enters into your born again spirit, a miraculous conception takes place. And it's just a matter of time until the birth comes. You know, a woman gives birth and somebody says, how long, how long did it take you to give birth? And they'll say an hour or two hours or whatever it is. But the truth is it was nine months and two hours or whatever it is. And I can guarantee you women understand that it's not just when you go into labor that that's when you give birth. No, this was a process and it's been going on for a long time. And you see people like Dwayne and Jeannie and other people prospering and you say, well, man, I want that. And, and you believe it's God. And so you just pray for something and you don't go through the same process. That's not how it works. This is how the kingdom works. All of these parables in Mark chapter four, he says, here is how the kingdom works. Matter of fact, the very next parable, I'm gonna end with this. I'm running out of time. But the very next parable in this list right here, it says it's like uh, uh, the mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds. But when it's sown, it becomes this great and mighty tree that the fowls of the air come and lodge in the branches of it. And I remember the day that God showed me that parable. I was in Vietnam. It was my second day in Vietnam. And it's a long story, but man, I had a nearly death experience with CS gas in basic training. It nearly killed me. And uh, so when we got to Vietnam, they were going to run us through the gas chamber and, and expose us to that again. And I thought, oh God, I'll do anything. Get me out of this. And so at breakfast, they asked for volunteers and you just never volunteer for anything in the army. That's just dumb to the second power. And, but I figured if they used me for target practice, it would be better than going through the gas chamber. So I volunteered and they made me the bunker guard while everybody else went through the gas chamber. I just sat in the barracks and read my Bible. And I was, I was reading this passage of scripture and I said, oh God, that's what I want to be. I want to be this big tree that man spreads out, you know, throughout the whole earth so that it touches people all over the world. And the Lord spoke to me and he says, Andrew, if I was to answer your prayer, your roots about that deep. He says, the first bird that landed in a branch would topple the whole thing. The first puff of wind would blow you over. He says, you quit focusing on all the growth and just focus on the, on the growth below the ground, the roots. You get rooted in the word and the word will teach you everything else that you need to know. And I tell you, this is exactly what every one of these parables in Mark chapter four is about. They're all about the word of God is the catalyst. It's the seed. It's the sperm. You are the soil. And all you got to do is take the seed, meditate in it day and night. And I guarantee you, if you sleep and rise and give it time day and night, it will bring forth fruit automatically of herself. It is a law of God. And the very reason that most Christians aren't experiencing greater victory is because they are ignoring this law and they're just praying for things to come out of the sky. That's like a woman praying that the stork would bring her a baby. That's not how it works. Man, you just plant the seed and you give it time and it works. God made us this way. This is how he makes us in the body of Christ. And if you understood this, it's just, I mean, 
It's just a matter of time until whatever your need is, is completely supplied because you've already got everything that you need. Just as everything that's above ground was once in the ground, every person that has received a healing, unless it's through one of these miraculous gifts of the Spirit, if it's the normal way, it was because it was at one time in their born-again spirit and the Word of God just drew this supernatural life out. It's as simple as what I'm talking about. It's not necessarily easy. The hardest thing you'll do is to just get to where you start living your life by the word of God and you dwell in it day and night. The world is constantly fighting us, trying to divert our attention away from the word of God and off of what God's promises are. But if you take the word and stand on it and don't compromise it, I guarantee you, it's just a matter of time until it begins to work. I could give you thousands of testimonies of this in my own personal life. And every good thing that God has ever done in my life came because of this process that we're talking about. I remember right before I went to Vietnam, I was praying and I I had a glimpse. I had an encounter with the Lord where God showed me his glory. And I knew that someday I'd be ministering to people all over the world. But where I was at that time and where I knew that God wanted me to go, it seemed like it was light years from there. And I just was frustrated. God, how do I ever cover this distance? And I was kneeling around my bed and I just opened up my eyes and I had my Bible laying on the bed. And I heard the Lord very clearly say, just stick your nose in that book and it'll teach you everything you need to know. And basically that's what I've been doing now for 54 years is just meditating in the word. And I mentioned this in the earlier session, but I saw my son raised from the dead after five hours being dead in a morgue with a toe tag on in a cooler raised from the dead. And he's perfectly healthy and normal today. And I saw my wife raised from the dead. I've seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open. We've seen every miracle that I guess you can see happen. And it's all because of just taking the word and meditating in it. Psalms 107, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. Proverbs chapter four, verse 22, God's word is health unto all of your flesh and life to them that find it. And on and on we could go. Tonight we're going to have a healing service where we will minister on things and help build your faith. And we will be here to agree with you. But I tell you, I'm not going to be here forever. And you can't just count on having direct access to Dwayne and Jeannie. Ultimately, you need to take the word and sow it in your heart. And you need to have your own um, baby miracle. Amen. You need to give birth to your own miracle. And this is the process that you use and it'll work for anybody. Amen. There are none of you that are barren in the spiritual realm. There are none of you that are incapable of producing. Every one of us have this supernatural ability of God. We just got to sow the seed of God's word. So Father, I pray and minister these things, share these with my brothers and sisters. And I'm asking that the Holy Spirit would take these seeds that I've been spitting out of my mouth, these truths, and that they would enter into people's hearts. And Father, I pray that they'd open up their heart, that they would receive this 
and that these truths would just supernaturally activate this miraculous born again spirit that indwells us and that miracles would come forth. Thank you, Father. Father, we receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. Holy Spirit is speaking to me right now that there's a number of people in here that you have just been desperate and you have been crying out and saying, God, if you love me, why don't you change this situation? And God has given you your answer today that he does love you. He loves you so much that he's already planted that miracle on the inside of you. But you need the word of God to release it, to activate that power and bring it out. God hasn't failed at all. God is speaking. He's giving some of you an answer right here. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we receive this truth. And we believe that you are setting people free. There's also somebody in here who's lost someone who is trying to believe for healing and died. And you've been just heartbroken thinking if God wanted to, he could have just healed this person. But no, there's laws that govern how it works. That's just like a woman who's praying to be pregnant but doesn't have a physical relationship. It's not gonna work. There are laws. You don't get pregnant by laying hands on people. And it's not all, always true that you get healed through somebody else's faith. It wasn't God who failed. God is giving answers to people here today. Father, I just thank you that you are taking away the confusion, any bitterness, any unforgiveness or anger towards you and that you would show people that you are a faithful God. That Father, it's not you and it's not your laws that don't work. It's us that hadn't worked them. And then, Father, we would just humble ourselves and receive this truth. We thank you. And, Father, we receive this. Thank you for it in the name of Jesus. If there's anybody in here who today who has never made Jesus your personal Lord, you've got to do more than come to church to be a Christian. Sitting in a church building doesn't make you a Christian any more than sitting in a garage and make you a car. If you're a car, get in a garage for your own protection. If you're a Christian, go to church. But going to church doesn't make you a Christian. You have to make Jesus your Lord. And when that happens, it says you become a new creature, not in your physical body, not in your mind and emotions, but in your spirit, you become a brand new person. And everything I was saying today is true when you get born again. But if you haven't made Jesus your Lord, it's not true of you yet. And if there's anybody here today who has never made Jesus your personal savior, you may believe that God exists. The Bible says in James 2, 19, you believe that there's one God, you do well. The devils also believe and tremble. But won't you know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. Believing that God exists is nothing that the devil hasn't done. You got to do more than that. You've got to commit your life to him. It says in Romans 10, 9, if you will confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Because Jesus has already died for your sins. It's not a matter of will he forgive your sins. He has. Will you receive that forgiveness is the deal. And you do that by humbling yourself and making Jesus Lord. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead everybody here in a prayer 
similar to what it says in Romans 10, 9. And if you would pray with me, I'm going to ask everybody to pray so that if there's people that have never prayed this prayer before, you won't be the only person and you won't feel like everybody's just listening to you. So I'm going to ask everybody to repeat with me. But if you would pray this prayer and mean it in your heart, it's not magic. You have to mean it. You have to believe in your heart. But if you were to pray this with us and mean it in your heart, according to the scripture, everyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So let's just everybody pray this and say, Father, I'm sorry for my sin. I believe Jesus died and forgave my sin. And I receive that forgiveness. Jesus, I make you my Lord. I believe that you are alive, that you now live in me. I am forgiven. I am born again in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.